You are listening to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Son Lu Broy. Episode 38. Why do less than 1% of wellness leaders actually make it to Hotel GM? Welcome to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast, where it's all about genuine wellness, true hospitality, and real people. I'm your host, global wellness expert, life coach, and author, Sana Luberoy. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. In today's episode, I'd like to address another elephant in the room when it comes to our industry. Why do less than 1% of wellness leaders actually make it to Hotel GM? Have you ever wondered why our wellness leaders have the crystal ceiling set so low when it comes to their growth? I sometimes can't help but think about how the system, our wellness industry's growth trajectory system, is built in such a way that sets our wellness leaders up for failure before they even start their careers. We have such short-lived careers in an industry we're so passionate about and have given so much of our blood, sweat and tears to. It really is mind-boggling why this is the case. If we look at what growth prospects our wellness leaders have in the hospitality industry, the vast majority of leaders have a hard stop at Director of Wellness. After that, they either have to branch out to other industries, set up shop on their own, or stay stagnated. Only a small percentage are lucky enough to make it to a cluster or regional role. And that also, their function rarely is beyond surface deep when it comes to impact. They aren't paid more to take on additional responsibility, and nor are they given any decision-making authority. From this small percentage, about 1% of these lucky leaders actually make it to a global role. And rest assured, once they are at that global role, they're highly unlikely to leave that much coveted seat for years to come. And understandably so. They've worked so hard to get to the highest possible position available, or rather known, to our industry. And the holy grail, what less than a handful have managed to achieve and maintain in our history, the vice president role. If we look at the alternative path, the generalist role instead of the specialist one, the numbers are equally daunting. How many wellness leaders have actually made it to hotel GM level? Better framed. How many wellness leaders have actually been given that opportunity? I bet the answer is less than 1%. And dare I ask, of these paths, specialist and journalist, how many of these fortunate leaders have been women? The irony of it all, we are a female-dominant industry. So in today's episode... What I'd like to do is tackle the questions, why do less than 1% of wellness leaders actually make it to Hotel GM? 
Why aren't we given the same growth opportunities as our directors of rooms in food and beverage? What do we need to do or prove in order to be perceived as worthy of these opportunities? And I tackle these questions in a recent LinkedIn session that I did. So without further ado, here's the clip. Hello and welcome to the first session of 2024. Now, 2023 was an amazing year for our industry. And I can assure you, 2024 is just going to be mind-blowing. There is no doubt that wellness is here and it is here to stay. And this is our time for wellness leaders to actually ride that wave. And today I'd like to talk about the subject, another subject that is very, very dear to me. And that is why less than 1% of wellness leaders in hotels ever become hotel general manager. Now, this is something I have thought a lot about in the last 10 years, that we wellness leaders, we are in the hotel. We're an important part of that hotel. Yet we are never given access to get that general manager position. Now, there are two arguments here. One could say that wellness is a specialist role. Wellness people really want to continue in their area of specialization. And that's a fair count. I mean, rarely would you see a chef, an executive chef, become a general manager. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I don't see that very often. And we could argue that a therapist or a head therapist does not necessarily or a visiting practitioner want to become hotel general manager, granted. But there is also a very high percentage of leaders who actually want to manage businesses. And in an era where wellness, I mean, every industry out there, every company out there is blowing that wellness horn. They will come a point where a hotelier cannot not know about wellness in some shape, way or form. So if that is the case, then why are less than 1% of wellness leaders ever given access to that hotel general manager position? Now, while I was preparing for today's session, I was thinking about, you know, I can't always put all the fault on the hotelier colleagues. It's not their fault. You know, we are co-creators of the situation. And if we look at how the wellness industry has been set up, now the word is wellness. Before it had many different mortalities, it had spa, it had fitness. Now everything comes under the same kind of generic term, wellness. Now, if we look at the trajectory of most wellness leaders, they've either come in from the spa area, so attendant, receptionist, spa therapist, and they've worked up their ranks to the role of director of wellness, or you're a visiting practitioner, have entered in and worked up the ranks, or you've coming in from the health club or fitness industry, and you've worked your way up to the ranks to be that wellness leader. But really, when you reach wellness leader, that is where 80% of leaders stop. They really can't. There are very few jobs and opportunities available. That is where our crystal ceiling has been set by industry. 
Now, if you are ambitious and you want more and you have not been given the opportunity in your hotel or in your brand to actually grow beyond director of wellness, then you have to branch out or go to another industry where you're actually valued, where your expertise is valued and where you can actually grow and have an impact. And that has happened to several of my fellow wellness leaders when we were working up the ranks the vast majority of them have had to branch out. Now, admittedly, things have been incredibly, they've, they've done incredibly well for having done so. That said, it doesn't mean that at one point, some of these people did not want to go further up. And if we look at the 20% that actually go above the wellness director or manager or leader position within a property, the next step up is either a cluster role. So you're looking overseeing a few properties in the same region or nearby. And that also, if you look at what that wellness leader is doing, is essentially saving the salary of more qualified leaders in the other wellness facilities that perhaps are either too small, do not warrant a full-blown spa manager or spa director or a wellness leader. And that's what we normally see happening in these cluster roles. So they're justified that wellness director or wellness manager wage, but they're also given the responsibility of seeing the more technical aspect of the other spas. And rarely are they paid more or are they given that recognition? And even less so, do they have the impact or the decision-making power over the other properties? It's always the GM or the regional person who takes that ultimate responsibility. So we have these wellness leaders who have a title, a cluster or regional title, but it's essentially purely decorative. And if in their spa, things get entertaining, in their wellness facilities, they're needed, what takes second place is definitely the regional responsibilities. They will always be held accountable to their actual property. Now, it kind of makes sense because you also see that with the GM positions, but ultimately they do not get paid more wellness leaders to take on a cluster or a regional role. And from these 20% to actually go above that wellness leader of one property, you have around 1% that actually becomes a global director of wellness, of spa, or well-being. Now I assure you that 1% once they get that much coveted global position they're unlikely to move there. Move from there. They're very unlikely. They're going to stay in the position for as long as they can because essentially they have reached the highest position that we know is available to wellness leaders. And if you are incredibly smart and incredibly lucky, you actually get a vice president role. Now, those roles are one in a history, once in a lifetime opportunity that we have seen in our industry. And now, if we also look at how many of the wellness leaders have actually been given the opportunity or being looked in a respectful way to actually be trained to become a hotel general manager, that percentage is probably, again, less than 1%. Now, dare I say, 
I would like to see out of all these wellness leaders who actually became a hotel general manager or have held a vice president role of well-being, dare I say, how many are female? And the irony of it all is that, you know, our industry is a female-heavy industry. So when I was looking at why is it that we don't have the same opportunities as our other hotelier and hospitality colleagues to go for that generalist role. Tomorrow's, well, today and tomorrow's leader needs to have those soft skills that are innate to wellness leaders. And yet we do not have available to us that opportunity. It's just not available. And it's sad to see that wellness leaders, we have the glass ceiling set so low. And that's not only hospitality's fault. We wellness professionals are co-creators of this reality. And if we are to make the impact we really want to make, you know, if we really want to show the world what wellness can do, something needs to change. And I would love to know what each of you thinks. I'm just curious to know, to understand why is it that our wellness leaders just don't have available the career and growth opportunities as our fellow hospitality colleagues. When we work as hard, we are part of that vision, all, we're all growing towards that same direction. And we're still not given the same opportunities. And I can't help but think that there's something that we wellness leaders aren't doing right, or we need to change something. Because as I always say, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. And for those of you who actually want to go and secure that genuine seat at the hotel's big table, that means not just having, being part of an executive committee, but also having a voice that is heard where you are actually put on the map for growth and development, that you are given the same opportunities as your fellow hospitality colleagues, other leaders in hospitality, director of rooms, director of food and beverage, all those leaders. If you want the same opportunities, then I strongly recommend you enroll to my free mini course from Neglected to Respected. There's some insights you will gain that will help you empower yourself to make the impact you want. And on that wonderful note, I wish you all a beautiful day ahead. So to recap this session, if we look at the growth trajectories our wellness leaders have available to them in the hospitality industry, we'd see that they actually have two paths if they want to stay in the industry. The first one is the specialist role where they continue to grow and take on regional and global wellness leader positions. And second, the generalist role, where our wellness leaders are given the opportunity to become a hotel general manager one day. Now, of these two options, it is clear that there are more available positions for the generalist role 
There are clearly more hotel general manager positions than regional director of wellness or global director of wellness. What is unlikely to change so quickly is the availability of the specialist roles. However, where we can make impact is in pursuing the generalist role. And my question is, what can we wellness leaders do differently in order to be given the same growth opportunities to reach this position? Because what we aren't is victims of a situation. We are co-creators. And if we created this reality, we can also create ourselves the opportunities to completely change our trajectories. And on that inspiring note, I wish you all a fantastic day ahead. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. If you want to know whether your hotel is ready to meet the growing demand for wellness experiences, both for your guests and your employees, then my Essence Scorecard is the perfect tool for you. Head over to spa-balance.com forward slash Essence Scorecard and get yourself a free and accurate temperature reading of your hotel's readiness to meet the wellness needs of your people and your guests. It's a valuable self-audit that not only helps you create a profitable wellness asset, but also promote a culture of genuine wellness for your team.